Come on, if you're excited to be here for Easter Sunday, come on, give some hearts, give some thumbs up, give an amen. How many of you excited to be online, church service, right there where you are? I don't know if you're in your PJs or if you got your family up and y'all dressed up for the occasion. However you're watching it and wherever you're watching it, we just want to say welcome to OSC. My name is Pastor Josh, and along with my wife, we get the incredible honor and privilege of being the senior pastors of our Savior's Church here in Jennings, Eunice, and in Crowley. And no matter where you're watching from, you are welcome here. You know, we've said this since the beginning of our church, that church was never a place you go to, but it's a family that you belong to. And there, if there's no better time for that statement to be true, it is right now on Easter Sunday, that even though our buildings are closed, church is not closed, our services are not closed, we get to come together, and you know, normally we're one church in three different locations, and today we are one church in thousands of locations all over. How exciting is that? I, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to, uh, to be with you today. Hey, today is also not only Easter Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, it's also my anniversary. That's right, Lindsay and I are celebrating 17 years today, April 12th, 17 years ago. I became the greatest, most richest man in the world when I got to marry my wife. So, hey babe, I love you, happy anniversary. And uh, just thankful to all of those who are married and those beyond 17 years that have paved the way. Thank you for your marriage. We're praying for every marriage today that God would strengthen it as we go through this season together. Hey, today I have an encouraging message that I am calling Hope Is Here. That's right, Hope Is Here. Now, hope is a, I'm going to give you the definition of it. Hope definition is an expectation that something good is coming. I love that. An expectation that something good is coming. That is hope. But let me tell you, that's why I'm calling this message hope is here, because it's not only an expectation of something good that is coming, but we have something good that already came. His name's Jesus. And we're going to celebrate that today because our God is not dead. He's surely alive. And we see this all throughout Scripture as we celebrate his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now, hopelessness is really anytime you don't expect anything good to be coming. When people get into a place of despair and hopelessness, they don't think they don't expect anything good to be happening. And right now in the season that we're in as a nation and even in our world, hopelessness is on the rise. But how many know, just as much as hopelessness is on the rise, hope is on the rise as well. God is bringing hope to hopeless situations and to hopeless people. That is what Easter is all about. And we see this in, as an icon of hope. I don't know if y'all saw last year when Notre Dame uh, was being burned down, and there was all the flames, and everybody was just, could just feel the emotion of this sacred, sacred place that had been burnt down. And as that cathedral was getting burnt, as was, was burning down, when it was all said and done, they went inside and they took this picture. Watch, look at this picture. That is an icon of hope. Look at it, right there in the middle, you see that cross. It's an icon of hope. The same thing happened actually in 9-11 when the World Trade Center and the towers came down 
And they had this picture when they were in the, in the midst of all the debris and all the rubble, they saw this picture right here, which is a picture of two steel beams that are together in the form of a cross. You know what's really cool about that? Is those same steel beams in the midst of all the rubble and all of the debris and all of the hopelessness that today, that is right there in the museum of 9-11. They were able to keep it. People fought to get that removed, but they said, no, this is a staple of hope. This gives us hope in this situation. I, I think about, even when I think about our church, that there are people that are like icons of hope. Uh, I think of our founding pastor, Pastor Bubba, and Miss Tracy, and all that they've walked through. If y'all know the story of Pastor Bubba, who's battled cancer for almost a decade now, multiple surgeries, and uh, multiple forms of cancer, and, and then walking through uh, multiple, many rounds of chemo, radiation, all of that. And yet today is stronger and brighter and encouraging those around him. He's, a, he's an icon of hope. People look at him and say, if he can do that, so can I. Uh, people have said that even about my son, our, our youngest son, who's battled with his own health issues and looked at him going through painful moments and said, if he can do that, I can do that. That's what hope is. Hope is when you look at something and go, if it can happen for him, it can happen for me. And the same is true when we look at the life of Jesus. Jesus got through some of the most difficult situations, and we can say, if Jesus was able to get through it, he can also help me get through it. And I want to share with you today three things of hope. That we look, when we look at the, the garden, when we look at the, the, the cross, when we look at the, the resurrection, we see hope. And I want to show you how we see hope in those different ones. Number one is that Jesus is our hope in our stress. Jesus gives us hope in our stress. Right now in our country and in our world, stress and anxiety is at an all-time high. I mean, let's just face it. In the midst of all this COVID-19 in the midst of all of the stay-at-home order, in the midst of all the chaos, stress has been put on us in all different facets. I mean, financial stress, relational stress, political stress, governmental stress, job stress, relationship stress. I mean, stress is everywhere. And listen, on Easter, everybody can look their best on the outside, but the truth is, we're all experiencing stress on the inside. And the encouraging word that I have for you today is that God can give you hope in the stress. Now, if you notice Jesus, Jesus was probably one of the less stressed out people I've ever known. I mean, you look throughout scripture, he was put in some of the most stressful situations and yet remained calm. In the middle of the storm, guess what he's doing? Sleeping, <laughs> not stressed out. His friend dies, Lazarus, he waits four days. They're coming to him freaked out. And he goes, hey, he's just asleep. I'll wake him up. I mean, demon-possessed people around him, not stressed. Walks on water, not stressed. I mean, everything, people needing him constantly, never stressed. And yet there was a moment, if you look at the last couple of days of Jesus' life, were definitely some of the most stressful ones. Think about it. Jesus went through physical stress. The Garden of Eden, the Bible says he was praying so hard that he was sweating drops of blood. And then, of course, you think of the cross. Have you ever said this word? I am in excruciating pain. You ever said that word, excruciating? It's actually where you get the word ex to get out and uh, crux or excruciate, which is the cross, that, that I want to get out of the cross. Like, I feel like I'm in excruciating pain. 
Jesus could definitely say that. I mean, Jesus was scorned. He was whipped. He was beat. He was uh, spit on, crown of thorns. Um, he had to carry his cross as much as he could to Golgotha. Eventually, he couldn't even do that anymore. Uh, and, then, and then when he gets to the cross, of course, the, the nails in his hands, in his feet, and then the spear in his side, Jesus went through physical stress. Some of you right now maybe are going through some physical stress in your own body. Maybe you can feel it. Maybe you're in the hospital right now and you're experiencing some of this yourself. Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus also went through emotional stress and relational stress. I mean, think about it. Judas betrays him. Peter denies him. The disciples abandon him. Last week, we celebrated Palm Sunday where everybody came with the party and Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. And then seven days later, those same people are saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Think about the relational and emotional stress that Jesus is feeling, that the people he loved the most, the people he served the most, are the people who are now ridiculing him the most. You ever been there? You ever been in a place where you've been trying to help people, but it doesn't seem like they appreciate that? Or you feel abandoned? Or you feel rejected? I mean, on the cross, Jesus uh, had his own father abandon him. said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can I tell you this is the good news, though? Jesus was abandoned, so you and I never will be. Jesus was rejected, so you and I, when we face moments of rejection, when we face moments of pain, when we face moments of stress, we have a Savior who says, I know how you feel. So we, we serve a God who comes to give us hope in the midst of our stress. Now, how did Jesus make it through the stress? Matthew 26, 39 says that in the Garden of Eden, let's look at the garden before all of this transpired, there in the garden where he's sweating drops of blood, Watch what it says. He went a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Notice that in the midst of stress, he didn't panic first. He prayed first. That's why we wear these little bracelets. Um, if you've been at our church and uh, haven't gotten one of these, you can grab one of these the next time we're, we're open. But these things remind us to pray first. That oftentimes our, our, our natural reaction is to panic first, fear first, worry first, get anxious first. But Jesus teaches us here, we look to Jesus and his life and he says, listen, when I was under stress, I prayed first. But then also look what he prayed. Not only did he pray, my father let this cup pass away from me and taken away from me. He says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You know how you get through stress? Not only do you pray, but you also surrender. You trust. See, Jesus trusted his life into the hands of his father. He surrendered his life into the hands of his father. And it's amazing what you can endure when you have a reason why. Any mamas watching? Okay, if you're a mama, give me some hearts. Give me some, let me know. If you're a mama, if you've, if you've had a baby, I'm talking to you. Do you remember when you were pregnant? Maybe with your first child, second child, third child, whatever. Just remember those pregnancy days. You could not wait until you could deliver that baby. One, because you wanted to see your baby and hold your baby and love your baby. But two, you just were ready for the discomfort and the pain and the nausea and everything else that comes along with it to be done. Why? 
because it was stressful and painful, but you persevered through it because you knew what was going to be on the other end. You think about somebody who's maybe been diagnosed with cancer or someone that's been diagnosed with some form of disease and then finds out that they've got to go to surgery or they've got to have chemo or they've got to do radiation. No one would choose that. But we say yes to it because we know that on the other side of it, there's good things. Hey, I'm here today to tell you that on the other side of your stress, and ready? I'm going to just go ahead and tell all of you today, on the other side of this COVID-19 are good things. Good things. God has good things in store for you. God has good things in store for me. God is working in the midst of all of this. Be careful that when you're going through a painful season to just think that it's just a waste of time. God never wastes pain. What looked like the worst moment was actually the beginning of the greatest moment in all of history. So make sure to have the right perspective when you go through stress, when you go through pain. God can use it for his glory and for your good. Second thing is this, is that Jesus gives us hope in our sin. He gives us hope. Watch what Romans chapter 5 says. Romans chapter 5 is going to bring us back to the Garden of Eden, the very beginning when this all started with Adam and Eve. And it says this, when Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Eve, for that one. But it said, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread, watch this, to everyone for everyone has sinned. Come on, look at someone next to you. Tell them, sinner. <laughs> you know, you've been wanting to say that for a while. You're a sinner. So am I. We have sinned. The Bible says in Romans that for all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. That sin has affected the world and it has infected the world and it's infected all of us. Do you have any allergies? Like any allergies? If you want to, comment below and, and let us know what kind of allergy you have. I, my boys, uh, some of my boys have a, have a peanut allergy. Uh, I, I know I used to have a penicillin allergy. Um, maybe you're allergic to outdoors. Um, maybe you're allergic, I don't know what you're allergic to, but I know when I was a young kid, I found out that I was allergic to cats. Yeah, I was, I was at a friend's house playing with their cat and uh, I got into a car, we were driving home from this friend's house and my throat started getting itchy and my eyes started getting really watery and uh, we pulled off into a gas station. My mom opened up the station wagon. Come on, how many remember the station wagon days? Opened up the station wagon and there I was with big old eyes. I mean, they were, like, I looked like Hitch. I was just big old eyes and my throat was closing in and we hurried up and rushed me to the emergency room to find out that sure enough, I was allergic to cats. I've never liked cats since then. Come on, dog lovers, unite. I'm sorry if you're a cat lover, but I, uh, I can't be around them. I get sick around them, my throat tightens, I start sneezing. Um, I just have got to get away from cats as fast as possible. The same is true with God and sin. See, God can't be around sin. He can't, he's a holy God. He's a just God. He's a perfect God. He can't be around it. He's allergic to it. Um, but what I love about the story of the gospel is that even though sin brought shame, because that's what it does. That's what Adam and Eve did. They were, they were ashamed. And so they, they tried to hide themselves. And then they separated themselves from God by trying to hide. That's what it does. Sin brings shame and bring, sin brings separation. That's why some of you probably haven't been in church for a long time. Because you're ashamed of your past. 
Are you ashamed of maybe your presence, some of the things that you've done? Or you just feel like you're just too far from God? Hey, listen, I got great news for you. Jesus didn't wait for you to get yourself right. He stepped down from heaven. He came into a broken world in the midst of all the sin and all the shame and all of the filth of this world. And he stepped in as a perfect God and eventually goes to a cross for you and I. That is the good news of the gospel, that if you feel like you've done too much, you feel like you've gone too far, I just want you to know, God loves you. The cross is the greatest demonstration of that. John Owens put it this way. He said, in light of the cross, the greatest unkindness you could do to God is to doubt his love for you. Oh my goodness, that's so good. May you never doubt how much God loves you. All you got to do is look at the icon of hope at the cross, and it demonstrates to you and I how much God will go to get you back into a relationship with him. Watch what Romans 8, uh, 5.18 says. Romans 5.18 says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness. So Adam broke it all, and Jesus, the next Adam, came to fix it all. He brings a right relationship with God and new life for, everybody say that last word with me, new life for everyone, everyone. I love what 2 Corinthians 5, 21, one of my favorite verses, watch this, it says, for our sake, he made him, this is God the Father, made Jesus to be sin, watch this, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ready? This is what he's saying. Let me ask you a question. Can God sin? No, of course he can't. Jesus was the perfect substitute for you and I. That's why he was able to go to the cross because he was sinless. But this scripture tells us that God had to make Jesus be sin. He put the 10 billion people's worth of sin and shame on Jesus on the cross. Now ready, watch this. Can you make yourself right with God? The answer is no as well. Just as Jesus couldn't sin and God made him to be sin, you can't make yourself righteous, but God can make you righteous. That's good news today. You can't clean yourself up enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't get baptized enough. You can't give enough. You can't be nice enough. You cannot cuss not enough for God, he loves you. It is the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God that comes after you and comes after me. We didn't earn it. We didn't earn it. God gives it to us. This is the greatest exchange in all of history. It's a great exchange. You ever tried to like exchange things with your friends, like, you know, something good that you have or something good that they have? Well, the greatest exchange in history was that we gave Jesus our sin, our shame, and our guilt, and he gave us his righteousness and his perfection. I mean, no, he got the bad end of the deal. We got the best end of the deal. We got righteousness. We got hope. We got freedom. We got life. We got peace. We got joy. We got all this because of Jesus. So Jesus gives us hope in the midst of our stress, and Jesus gives us hope in the midst of our sin. So even if you failed last night, even if you're watching this hungover, I just want you to know Jesus absolutely loves you. There's nothing you can do that can make him love you any more than he does right now. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you any less than he does right now. Last thing, number three, is that Jesus gives us hope in our sorrow. Hope in our sorrow. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 57 says this. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Ready? Here's verse 57. But thank God. Come on. Thank God. He gives us victory. Everybody say victory. He gives us the victory over sin. And he gives us victory over death. Watch this. Through, though, our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, you don't get victory because you did something. You don't get victory over sin or over death because of anything you've done. It's because of what Christ has done. We serve a God, ready, who always has the last word. Death never has the last word. Sin doesn't have the last word. Jesus has the last word every time. So even if you have loved ones who have passed away, just like I do, but those people put their faith and hope in Jesus. The good thing is today they're more alive than ever before. That is the hope that you and I have. We have no more sorrow because of Jesus' resurrection. We don't just get to celebrate Easter we get to experience Easter. See, Easter is not something you just celebrate for one Sunday out of the year, then we go back to our normal life. No, listen, Easter was meant to be lived every single day. I pray tomorrow you experience Easter, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and we keep experiencing Easter every day. Romans 8, 11 says it this way, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. We say this all the time at OSC, but if you've never heard this before, I want you to hear this with open ears. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make those who were dead alive. That's what he came for. He came to give you life. He didn't come to make a better version of you. We don't need a better version of you. We need you and me to die to ourselves, and we need Christ to live on the inside of us. That's, that's what we need. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to California, but there is a place in California called Death Valley. Okay, not to be confused with Death Valley in Baton Rouge. Come on, go Tigers. This is a real valley in California called Death Valley. It is the lowest, hottest, driest place in all of America. It is 282 feet below sea level. It gets up to almost 130 degrees during the peak of the summer. Nothing can grow here at all. Um, it very rarely ever rains here. Um, I actually have a picture of it. I'm going to show you. This is a picture of Death Valley. Uh, normally, you, you, you don't see much there. Maybe some tumbleweeds, um, maybe some cacti. But for the most part, nothing can actually have any life there. Well, in 2004, the end of that year, seven inches fell on Death Valley of rain. Rain fell down and flooded that whole valley. And in the spring of 2005, I want to show you a picture. This is what happened in 2005. An area that looked like Death Valley, looked dormant, actually was flooded with flowers. Flooded with flowers. It's amazing. It's an amazing photo. See, because on the outside, everything looked absolutely dead and dormant. But underneath were seeds waiting to be resurrected. 
And I believe today, that's been my prayer for this service today, that everybody who is listening and watching this service right now, if you feel dead in your marriage, if you feel dead in your faith, if you feel dead with no hope, if you feel dead in relationships and dead in life, I want you just to hear me. Listen, I'm praying that the reign of God would come and flood your heart and flood your home and flood your family and new life would spring up again. Jesus says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave can rise you up from the grave. I think spiritually, so we can have a place in heaven, but I also think physically, he can bring healing. If you need healing right now, God can bring healing. I think emotionally, that God can break us from the things that have bound us for so long. Unforgiveness and bitterness, that God can bring life into those areas if we surrender them to him. See, hope hung on a cross carrying our sin and shame. Hope healed people in public. Hope met the adulterous sinner when she was at the well. Hope rescued the disciples from the fears of a storm. And hope has risen and sits at the right seat of the Father. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And hope is here. It's here for you. And it's here for me. And in the midst of the most hopeless situation that we are in right now, I need you to hear me. God loves you. God has peace and hope for you. But it's found in him and him alone. I want to end the message by sharing a story with you of a son and his father. Now, the father was a very wealthy man. And the father and son loved art. They loved going to these really nice art galleries and buying very expensive pieces of art and filling their home with some of this most beautiful, expensive art. Now, the son... Uh, signed up for the Marines, ended up going into Vietnam and was killed in the Vietnam War. Years later, the wealthy man passed away as well. And so there was an estate sale for them to sell everything that was in the home, including this very expensive art collection. And so art lovers from all around the U.S. went into their homes, crowded, ready to be able to bid on this really, really expensive art. Art like Van Gogh's and Monet's and you name it, they had it in there. The, uh, the auctioneer is ready to go, and before he does, he, he says, hey, um, we got to do one thing before we go to this expensive art. The father has requested that we sell an art piece of a drawing of his son first. Well, everybody is frustrated because they didn't come for a drawing of his son, and so no one's bidding on it. They're just ready to get to the expensive art. And so the auctioneer says, will someone give us $100 for this? No one said anything. $50. No one said anything. Eventually, actually, one of the soldier's friends was in the room, and he says, I'll give $25 for it. And so the guy says, going once, going twice, bangs his gavel and says, sold for $25. And at this, he also said, and the auction is now closed. Everybody's going, what? What? The lawyer steps up in front of the a podium with the microphone and says, yes, I'm sorry to say the auction is now closed. The father gave me very clear instructions that whoever bought the son's art piece got the rest of the collection free of charge. And he, he, he lifted up the little paper and the paper said, whoever chooses my son gets it all. I think that is an incredible depiction of what the gospel is for us. That whoever chooses the Son, whoever chooses Jesus, gets everything else. 
Oftentimes, our life is all about trying to get everything else, but we don't want the sun. But I'm here today to tell you, listen, you can't have peace without getting the prince of peace. You can't have hope without Jesus. You can't have forgiveness of sins without Jesus. You can't have hope to be in heaven one day without Jesus. Everything that you and I need is found in Jesus. Jesus is our hope and hope is here. So I wanna to close today by sharing with you four types of people that are watching this video right now. And I want you to respond when I show you these. There are four types of people that are watching this video right now. And I, I wanna show you with a little graphic and you're going to respond based off of which category you yourself fit in. So we're gonna talk about A, B, C, and D. A are those who are watching and you have a relationship with God. You have been born again. You've surrendered your life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to comment A in the box below. B is for those who maybe at one time had a close relationship with God, but, but you feel like you're far from God and you're ready to recommit your life back to God. If that's you, I want you to put a B in the comment below. C is for those who have never really had a relationship with God. Maybe I'm not, yet again, I'm not saying you haven't gone to church or taken communion or maybe even been baptized. I'm talking about you've never been born again. You say, well, Pastor Josh, what is born again? What are you talking about? Well, Nicodemus had a conversation with Jesus in John chapter three, and he asked Jesus, how does a man get into heaven? And Jesus told them that a man must be born again. Now he knows he wasn't talking about us physically, but spiritually, that we are body, soul, and spirit. Our body's alive, our soul is alive, but without Christ, our spirit is dormant, it's dead. But when we put our faith in Christ, we surrender our life to Christ, when we believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough, the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead comes and lives on the inside of us. If you're here and you're watching this right now and you wanna have that and you've never receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to press C in the comment below. Uh, you can put that in, uh, our team wants to connect with you. And then lastly is D, and those are those right now who would say, I just need some more time. So I want you right there where you are, everybody that's watching, I want everybody to participate. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, I want you right there in the chats, I want you to let us know, is it A, B, C, or D? Do you have a relationship with God already? Is it you want to recommit your relationship with God? You Number three, you want to start a relationship with God. Or maybe D, you just need more time. We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. If you selected B or C, I want to pray with you. And I want you to pray with me today. And I want you to pray this prayer. And really, there is no prayer that makes us saved. It's just a heartfelt response to the Lord. Listen, no church can save you, no priest can save you, no pastor can save you, but a heartfelt desire to surrender your life to the Lord is all that it needs. Bible says that that's, that's it. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. So if you want that today, I want you to pray this right alongside with me. I want you to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my shame, my sin, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, 
I surrender my life to you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Take my sin. I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord. From this day forward, God, you'll be my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to celebrate with you. And listen, come on, OSC family, why don't you celebrate all of those today that have put their faith in Jesus. You made the greatest decision you could have ever made on Easter Sunday. Listen, we want to help you take next steps because following Jesus is literally all about steps. That today I take a step towards Jesus and tomorrow I'll take another step towards Jesus and the next day I'll take another step towards Jesus. And we know you can't do it alone. You need people in your life. And so we want to come alongside with you. So some of our team will be reaching out to you to celebrate your decision that you made today and encouraging you in some of those next steps. Of course, I want to encourage you to come back next weekend on this same channel and you can stay tuned into these services. These services bring faith and encouragement into your life. But I also want to encourage you to get a Bible plan or download the YouVersion app and, and uh, begin to get into God's Word. We'll help you with that as well. And then just to get connected. We have so many life groups right now that are meeting and we would love to get you connected to one of our online groups so that you don't have to walk through this life alone. Hey, I want to thank you again for participating and being a part of this Easter experience. For those that are watching and you do have a relationship with God, I just want you to know yet again that Jesus is your hope for your stress, He's your hope for your sin, and He's a hope for your sorrows. Today, we celebrate that hope is here. Can I pray for you as we close out today? And I want to remind you that we have a discussion guide. Our moderators will be posting the link of that discussion guide right now. You can click that link and uh, get some questions that you can be talking with your family or with your group or with your friends uh, to take this message to another level. Uh, also, I want to just say thank you to all of those who are faithful to give. Thank you for continually giving to be a part of this church and to honor God with your tithes and offerings. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. I want to pray a blessing over you as we close today's service. I pray that God would keep you. I pray that he would walk with you. I pray that he would speak with you. I pray that he would bless you in your going in and your coming out. I pray that he would cause his face to shine upon you. I pray that you would hear God's voice this week and know how much he loves you and wants to use you. And I pray this today in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, we love you. Have an incredible Sunday and uh, Easter. We will see you next weekend.